Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Special request. President Trump's legal team wants its own briefing after lawmakers say they learned nothing new on an FBI confidential source. What I want is I want total transparency. Is this just another strategy to discredit the Russia probe? I wonder what the heck is the legitimacy of the Mueller investigation in the first place. President Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, will be here live next. Plus, playing games, North and South Korean leaders meeting for the second time. After President Trump indicates the summit he just canceled could still be on. It's uh, moving along very nicely. So we're looking at June 12th in Singapore. Who's playing whom? Former director of national intelligence James Clapper weighs in. And finger pointing. President Trump is passing the blame for separating immigrant families at the border, as Democrats call the president's policies inhumane. If you cross the border unlawfully, then we will prosecute you. It's that simple. While hundreds of migrant children are missing. Dana Bash in for Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is playing games. President Trump had a busy Saturday night appearing in the Oval Office to herald the release of an American prisoner from Venezuela and indicating the historic summit with North Korea might not be canceled after all. It's uh, moving along very nicely. So we're looking at June 12th in Singapore. That hasn't changed. And it's moving along pretty well. As the world watches the diplomatic whiplash on North Korea, the president also continues to toy with the special counsel's Russia investigation. In a flurry of tweets on Saturday, the president called the probe rigged and, despite presenting no evidence, again claimed government spies were in his campaign. Here's what he tweeted. With spies or informants, as the Democrats like to call them because it sounds less sinister, but it's not, All over my campaign, even from an early date, why didn't the crooked highest levels of the FBI or quote-unquote justice contact me to tell me of the phony Russia problem? This, as his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says the president's legal team wants its own briefing on the classified information presented to lawmakers. Let's get straight to the president's lawyer former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Let's start <laughs> right you, there. The, uh, the FBI confidential source is directly connected to this ongoing investigation into the president's campaign. Doesn't it create an appearance that the White House is interfering with this investigation? I don't see that, uh, Dana. I think that uh, the White House uh, has every right to know, the president has every right to know as commander in chief. After all, the investigation, as the Democrats said, revealed nothing new. So there's nothing uh, to us that means exculpatory. 
because the new would be if something uh, turned up that was a that was a surprise. So it should be very easy to to brief us, and we can come out of it saying uh, same thing, nothing new, or we might come out and be able to say nothing. In which case, you'll have a real signal. You say that that the president has a right to know as commander in chief. This is a very complex situation. He's not just commander in chief. He is, uh, you know, he was the head of and the candidate for a campaign of which this investigation is taking place. That's another reason he should know. I mean, if that, if but how was that? How was that legit for him to know about an investigation of? him and his campaign. Explain that. Because it's, because it's over and it revealed nothing new. So then he has a right to know about it, both as a candidate, I mean, as, as the candidate back then, now as the president, he has a right to know about it in order to uh, uh, figure out what does it mean to this investigation. All that it means is an investigation that we thought was rigged was rigged from the very beginning. They never should, it never should have started. But if you're there saying there's no it- evidence of collusion. If you're saying it's over, back to the confidential source, then are you saying here this morning that you feel comfortable that there was no spy, as as you and the president call uh, this person? Well, I don't, because I see contradictions. I see Clapper saying that there was a spy, but he was spying on the Russian end. But spying on the Russian end, if they thought there was collusion, meant spying on the president's campaign. Well, to, I'd like to know who he is to be clear, and what he found out. James Clapper said that he didn't know anything about it and he was using the spy, the word spy, because it's what the president said. And he actually, as part of that, said that he doesn't like that term. But, but I guess uh, here's my big picture question. You are somebody sure. who made your name as U.S. attorney in New York. You had a reputation for prosecuting crime as mayor, upholding the rule of law. If somebody connected to one of your investigations asked you for information about a confidential source, you wouldn't stand for it. Of course, I wouldn't give them the name. Uh, if, I, if I thought that that information would help induce a guilty plea or cooperation, I would lay out for the lawyers or let them see the evidence. Very, very often prosecutors lay out the evidence pre-indictment in order to end the case. They say, look at this, listen to the tape recording, listen to the information. Uh, hey, every once in a while they'll give up a confidential source if the person's being protected. So the name here has already been put out there. You and I don't know if it's true. But if it is true and it's uh, dangerous to this man, he better be protected already. I don't believe he's being protected. It says to me that maybe the FBI and the Justice Department is being a little hypocritical here. Why is that? Well, they said he can't be revealed because it's dangerous. Now he's been revealed, Wall Street Journal, several other newspapers. If that man is the man, he better be protected. Mm. I'm not sure, but I hear he's not. So what's going on? Mr. Mayor, I want to just ask point blank. Will the president sit down with Robert Mueller, uh, even if the White House legal team or you, uh, anybody on his legal, uh, legal team, doesn't get a briefing about this confidential source? Well, if he wasn't thinking about it and it wasn't an active possibility, we'd be finished with that by now and we'd have moved on to getting the investigation over with another way. But uh, he, he, he is adamant in wanting to do it. He, the president. We are, we have, the president. But we're more convinced as we see it that this is a rigged investigation. Now we have this whole new Spygate thing thrown on top of it. But what? On top of already very legitimate questions. 
How is there evidence that, that yeah. it's rigged? I, I just want to go through, because I know you use this, this term a lot, and obviously so does the president. This investigation has already brought charges against 22 people and entities, including 13 Russians who have been indicted for trying to uh, change the, the outcome of the election. So how is it a rigged investigation when, they already, when they're not even close to being done and they already have uh, this in their pocket? Well, because, first of all, uh, there are two different investigations, right? The, the, the counterintelligence investigation is now over for over a year, and they weren't disclosing it to anybody. Immediately, that raises uh, questions in my mind. Why not? Uh, I think why not? Because it clears the president. Then you get the Comey thing, which is a leak of a confidential uh, memo, which is illegal for an FBI official to do. And that becomes the basis for appointing Mueller. I'm not saying Mueller is uh, illegitimate. I'm saying the basis on which he was appointed is illegitimate. Now, let's look at the so you indictments. Think, I just want to stop. Mono, so you man, think mono, that the Mueller probe is legitimate? I, uh, uh, not anymore. I don't. I did when I came in, but now I see, I see Spygate. I see but, uh, but, but the judge, you call Judge Spygate, Ellis you admit happened saying, before Robert Mueller was, was, was brought on but to it, the but scene. It has to, but it has to inform the decision to appoint Mueller. Either it, it, it's evidence or not. And if it's not, it goes along with what they found already, which is no collusion with the Russians. It, it might have informed so it, but it wasn't with, the beginning. I just want to point one other thing out, because I know that you the, and the president have talked about that as well, that, that even the Republicans in the House, when they did their, uh, their report, they said that the reason that this, the main reason that this probe was launched was because of George Papadopoulos, who was on the president's foreign policy council, uh, and and in, an encounter he had with somebody in Australia, not because of this confidential informant. This is from the Republicans in the House. Well, I think I think actually the explanation for for, for Mueller is mainly uh, Comey. Uh, Comey said he wanted an independent counsel. Comey said he was going to orchestrate one. Comey wrote a memo and leaked it illegally through a professor. Hence, we have uh, Mueller. Illegal. Uh, no basis. Now, whatever the Spygate thing is, we're just learning about that now. I wouldn't come to any definitive conclusions on that. And Papadopoulos was part of that whole Spygate thing as well. So it kind of gets all intertwined. But the, the two indictments that you point out are really pretty questionable. Manafort, before Judge Ellis, maybe no authority for that indictment. That would be extraordinary. That would ruin the whole investigation. Second, the Russians. That's yeah. a pretty phony indictment. They're not showing up for anything. You think they're coming here to be, in, to be, be tried? That, that, that's like a paper indictment on which the press can fawn all over it, and it'll go nowhere. How are you so sure that there was no collusion with anybody in the campaign? We don't know exactly what Robert Mueller and his team has right now. Do you know something we don't? Well, uh, yeah, I know 50 years of investigatory experience. Uh, tells me they don't have done thing because they would have used it already and they wouldn't be off on collusion. They wouldn't be off on Manafort. They wouldn't be off on Cohen. You got a good case, man, you go right to it. Against, and against the president of the United States, you got something and you don't start charging it? Come on. Well, maybe not necessarily against the president Sec himself, but people in his orbit. You're confident that there was no collusion. I can't, I can't be confident about my client. I mean, am I, am I confident because I was in that campaign at a very intimate level? Uh, nobody talked about Russians. Nobody knew about Russians. This came as a surprise to me, to the president, 
and to the top four or five people around him. Now you go out to the outer orbit, how do I know what's going on? Uh, but I don't think that would matter. You can't, you know, there's this collusion with a guy 50 rungs down on the campaign. Not that I'm saying it happened, but if it did, I don't know, I don't know what that means. Mr. Mayor, I want you to take a look I, I, at, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, good. No, no, I got, I got okay. the point. I, I, want you you to take, I want you to take a look at this CNN survey. Uh, when asked whether President Trump should testify in the Mueller investigation, only 39% of Republicans say yes. That's down 15 points in less than six wow. weeks. Now, this is not an accident. Is it fair to say that you and the president have a very specific, very political strategy to undermine this investigation and it appears to be working? No, it's not a strategy to undermine it. They're doing it. Uh, I, how did I know about Spygate? How did I, how did I know about... Uh, but they're not talking, about, sir. Uh, the co- yeah, but it's falling apart. I mean, that, so we have, to, we have a briefing. We've got a briefing. We've got Congress involved. We didn't do that. They're doing it. Uh, I didn't know that the Cohen thing... Cohen's now two months old, three months old. I came into it after Cohen. I didn't know the Cohen thing would result in nothing involving the president. Or so far has. And uh, all these things keep falling apart. I didn't know that Judge Ellis, let me just finish that point. I didn't know that uh, Judge Ellis was going to question the legitimacy of the indictment by the Mueller team. The the president, you know, they are all they the president's allies on Capitol Hill. They're largely very, very committed Democrats. Okay, the president's allies on Capitol Hill. And then it was picked up by the president in in his suites and, and by you as well, have been seizing on this confidential source. You call it Spygate. Uh, and without giving evidence that you really think it's there. That has no question helped erode public confidence in the, in the, uh, in the investigation, which, you know, you're a lawyer, but you're also an experienced Paul. You know what you're doing. Is that fair to say? I hope I, hope I know what I'm doing. I have a birthday tomorrow, so I think I <laughs> no, know what but, I'm doing. No, but I mean, that this is an intentional <laughs> strategy to undermine the investigation, knowing that they, they the... Uh, investigators, the special counsel, it's their policy not to talk, but you are very free to and, and, and are very aggressive about doing so. Well, I mean, they're, they're giving us the material. I, I, I couldn't do it if I didn't have the material. Uh, they, they, uh, they're giving us the material to do it. Uh, of course, we have to do it in defending the president. We're defending, um, to a large extent, remember, Dana, we're defending here. It is for public opinion because eventually the decision here is going to be impeach not impeach members of congress democrat and republican are going to be informed a lot by their constituents so our jury is the as it should be is the american people and the american people yes are republicans largely okay. independents pretty substantially and even some democrats now question the legitimacy of it the, the democrats i i suggest from their own self-interest this is not a good issue to go into the uh, congressional well, that is something here. that you and the, the Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi actually agree on. We're going to leave that uh, for a second. We're going to have to take a quick break. We have a lot more to discuss, including thank uh, you, Dana. a potential forward. thank you a potential interview with the special counsel Robert Mueller. Will the president do that interview? Stay right with us, Mr. Mayor. We're going to ask you that after the break. <laughs> All right. And we're back with President Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Let's talk about a potential interview with the special counsel. You told my colleague Chris Cuomo that Robert Mueller has agreed to limit that interview from five topics to two topics. What are those two topics? What's in, what's out? 
Well, uh, the two topics that uh, we, we more or less agree on, and, and I, I should say it's all contingent on every point being, you know, worked out. I, you know, it's kind of like the North Korean uh, negotiations, not as important. And uh, if all the agree everything could be worked out, then they would probably limit it to uh, collusion and uh, obstruction. Uh, the collusion part, we're pretty comfortable with because there has been none. The obstruction part, I'm not as comfortable with. I'm not. The president's fine with it. He's innocent. Uh, I'm not comfortable because it's a matter of interpretation, not just hard and fast, true, not true. So if you interpret his comment about firing Mueller, uh, 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 firing, sorry, Comey, <laughs> no discussion of firing Mueller, by the okay. way. Uh, if you interpret that as obstructing the investigation as opposed to removing a guy who was doing a bad job on the recommendation in part of Rosenstein, uh, but you see it as obstructing the investigation, then you can say it's obstruction. And then you can say it's perjury, which is even easier for them, which is where I think if they're sneaky, they're going. I don't believe Bob is. But remember, those guys were President Hillary Clinton's uh, uh, victory haha, dinner. Uh, they were present uh, in some of the prior investigations. M so yeah, I mean, Mr. Mayor, you know, with, Robert Mueller is a Republican. I, that's a little bit of a, of a red herring. When you, when you, I understand why you're doing but, but Dana, it, why you're talking who, who, about people who work there who are Democrats. Who worked, who worked, who worked for uh, Obama and who hired Democrats and very, very partisan Democrats. I never would have done that. I'd have hired I, I, all my assistant U.S. attorneys. Would basically but Robert Mueller is the no special counsel, and, he, and he's in charge of this. W would you? So, are you saying that? Good, which is why we say it had. Which is why we have pause, because if I were looking at thirteen down the middle people, men and women, I'd say fine. Okay, let's let's at, get back you know, to the, the interview. Party. Let's get back to the interview because that's that's the the, the key sure. question here. You mentioned the second topic, uh, questions about obstruction. Are you, as a president's lawyer? Uh, willing to allow him to sit down and answer questions about that? About firing James Comey? Uh, well, sure, I'd be willing. Abs all of that depends on how comfortable we are with their having an open mind and not having interpreted it wrongly already. If we have an open mind, we would recommend it to the president. Since the president is inclined to do it, I would assume he would. And we're, we're a little bit away from that. I thought we were closer last week when we talked because of the summit. Summit's going to, I think, happen now and on our terms. I can't believe that Kim Jong-un is talking about denuclearization. So you mentioned North Korea. You said earlier this week that uh, President Trump was more likely to sit down with the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un <laughs> than special counsel Robert Mueller. So does the president see Robert Mueller as a bigger threat than Kim Jong-un? No, 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 no. He, he, uh, in the case of uh, Kim Jong-un, he's got all of his advisors recommending it, except, hey, they pulled out originally, right? Uh, no. When he was talking about meeting us on the, how about that, meeting us on the nuclear battlefield. And people expect me to intrude with this silliness. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Uh, now, the guy has made a remarkable turnaround. He, he not only wants to meet, he tells uh, uh, President Moon that he's considering denuclearization of the entire peninsula. Wow. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, Nobel Prize stuff. Well... Uh, the president certainly hopes so. But, you know, you're talking about North Korea. I just have to ask because you, you brought it up. Uh, the president last night said in the Oval Office that the talks uh, are, are, are going very, very well. Have, you're talking to us about it. Are you talking to the president about North Korea as well? 
Well, he do, he talks to me about it necessarily, and Jay, because you know it 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 depends on our timing is dr- driven greatly by. It. For example, if they put this thing on and probably have to do it in the next two days, we literally can't get much done until after the twelfth, until he comes back from Singapore. Nor would anybody want us to. Uh, so, and if if not, we got a good span of time there, which we were counting on for making our decision on interview. And then moving forward with the rest of our so strategy. So you're not advising the president uh, on foreign policy. That's that's not part of your purview. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I, I used to in my old role as his uh, policy advisor, but I'm not now. OK, let me ask I, you. I hear I hear it. I hear it. I, I just I hear it to the to the extent that it affects our timing. Got it. Sources told CNN on Friday that President Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, mentioned him earlier that he got yet another consultant contract with the business partner of a Russian oligarch after meeting with him in Trump Tower during the transition. You know, we've seen several stories like this. Was the president okay with Michael Cohen essentially selling access to him? First of all, most importantly, the president's not involved. President had no knowledge of any of these. Uh, remember, at the first one that came out was the one involving some other Russian company that turns out not to be. President didn't know about it. Then we asked him about the other two, Novartis and uh, the, uh, AT&T. Didn't know about it. And an AT&T Justice Department. Is he upset with ahead. Michael Cohen for even attempting to sell access, whether or not it worked? He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't like that. He, he, look, I don't think his worst critics believe. He uh, likes that. I mean, he he definitely wants to do everything he can to drain the swamp in Washington. He's been the most successful president doing that. Anything that even raises a question about that, he's not going to be happy about. Doesn't mean that the man should be. I like Michael Cohen. Lots of people are selling advice. Some are selling influence. I don't like it, particularly the influence part. I think the advice part is perfect. That's Henry Kissinger, you know, the highest level of advice. One last question. Uh, The president unleashed attacks this week on career civil servants, former uh, CIA director John Brennan, Brennan, rather, the former director of national intelligence, James Clapper. You've worked closely with intelligence officers throughout your decades in public life. You really believe that people like Brennan and Clapper are part of a deep state conspiracy? I don't know what you want to call it, but I have no regard at all for Clapper and Brennan. I think they're two clowns. I mean, uh, uh, the, the other guy, the uh, uh, Clapper is talking about uh, spy, spying, which and he doesn't realize it's spying on the Trump campaign. He's got an obligation to tell him. Brennan has been I mean, Brennan was chief uh, chief torturer in charge. Then he disowned it. Uh, then I don't know what he did with the CIA, but it, he's the most political CIA director I have ever met. Uh, and Clapper. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not civil servants as far as I know. Really? All those decades of political service appointees. in the military and political in- appoint. Yeah. Hey, there are a lot of people with decades of service, some good, some bad. And some then uh, get consumed with power and some uh, begin to lie. And in a case of Brennan, he's a political guy. He was he was uh, Obama's chief defender. I'm not sure about Clapper. I don't don't know. I haven't watched him as well, but watching him, he's sure not impressive. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for joining me this morning. I appreciate <laughs> your time. You. You're very fair. And you thank, me- you. Thank, thank you. And you mentioned James Clapper. He is actually here with us in the studio. He is going to respond to uh, the president's lawyer. We're going to ask him how he interprets the diplomatic pushback uh, and forth over North Korea as well. Stay with us. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Dana Bash. 
The president of South Korea says the North Koreans still want complete denuclearization after a surprise meeting with Kim Jong-un at the DMZ. This, as President Trump said late Saturday, that the historic summit between the two leaders may still go on as scheduled in Singapore on June 12th. Here with me to discuss this is the former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, and also the author of Facts and Fears, Hard Truths from a Life in intelligence. I want to ask about North Korea, but let's just first talk about what you just heard from the former New York City mayor, the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. He called you and James and uh, Mr. Brennan a clown. Uh, and he also said that you're just political appointees. And that's where the, the heart of these investigations come from. Well, uh, in the space of a week, I've progressed from being the dumbest former intelligence officer on the planet, uh, according to President Trump, and now a clown. So, you know, it's a career progression, I guess, it's at its best. Um, I, you know, it just more in the narrative here. Uh, let's talk about the specifics, though. The idea of the president's legal team wanting to get a briefing from the FBI about this confidential source. Good idea? Well, no. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is uh, a, a good idea at all, any more than it was a good idea to have the president's attorney show up unannounced, I guess, uh, for the Gang of Eight briefing. I, I was recalling when I re heard about that, my last Gang of Eight briefing, which was on the 6th of January 2017, when we briefed the Gang of Eight before we flew up to... Uh, New York to brief then President Trump. And the Gang of Eight, the, the leadership in Congress. Leadership in Congress to include, uh, of course, importantly, the uh, chair and ranking members of each of the intelligence oversight committees. I just, I was trying to imagine gee, what would have been like had somebody just walked in uh, at that session, which had extremely sensitive uh, information in it. And that's just not done. It, it's, uh, it really contravenes a, a long standing. Uh, practice and norm uh, that makes our government work. I want to ask you one of the things that Rudy Giuliani brought up and that uh, that the president has been tweeting about this weekend as well, which is if this was if there was enough concern about people penetrating the Trump campaign, why not contact him? Why not contact the campaign instead of sending an, inform or an informant or a confidential source in? What's the answer to that? Well, I think the first thing is determine just what was going on. If there, if there wasn't a concern if there, uh, about the Russians, and that could be allayed, then perhaps uh, no reason to do that. I, 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 you know, the, the FBI has rules and protocols on when they, when they decide to do things like that. And I don't think at, at that point that it reached the, reached the point where uh, it would be appropriate to engage, uh, you know, with the head of the campaign or the nominee. But you didn't, as the director of national intelligence, did you know about the no, operation or not? Uh, no, absolutely not. I did not know about it, nor would it be appropriate for uh, any DNI to know about uh, the specifics of informants, their identities or what they're doing on the part of the FBI. I mean, that's... Lots of reasons for that, not the least of which is the confidentiality and the protection of the informants. Let's talk about North Korea. You have spent a lot of time in the Korean Peninsula in your career. Most recently, in 2014, you went as DNI to Pyongyang to help free two Americans. Uh, what is your interpretation of this back and forth that's been going on over the summit? Well, first of all, 
I, uh, I, I support uh, the letter that uh, President Trump sent to uh, Kim Jong-un. I think it was a good thing to do. Um, having done that, though, I think uh, I've been long an advocate of, um, and this is typical North Korean, uh, you know, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. That's what they, they always do. And in some ways, Kim Jong-un may have met his match here with uh, very, our very unconventional president. What I've been long an advocate for is let's first establish the conduit, the apparatus for communicating, which I think would be a real plus for the summit. And by that, I mean establishing interest sections in both Washington and Pyongyang. What this means is a diplomatic presence below the level of a full embassy, much as we did in Havana, Cuba for decades. This would facilitate, uh, would be reciprocal would facilitate dialogue, would gain a lot more insight and understanding about what's going on in North Korea, uh, would promote information flow into North Korea, and importantly, would give the North Koreans a measure of, of security. And if they could agree to tone down the rhetoric and use that conduit instead, that would be an improvement. Just a note on denuclearization. Denuclearization could also be a two-way street. And that, that is applied to the United States as well, where the North Koreans could expect us to restrict our nuclear umbrella, meaning no more B-1s, B-2s, or B-52s deploying in, on the peninsula or within operational uh, proximity. So just to... Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. Just real quick, can you just tell me, do you think it is better for the president to have this summit, regardless of whether there's no agreement, just to establish the dialogue? I do. I think there's, me, there's value having gone this far. There's value in meeting and greeting, gripping and grinning, and just uh, establishing uh, a rapport. I, I think, yes, I think it would be important to have a summit. James Clapper, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dana. And nearly 1,500 migrant children are unaccounted for. President Trump is slamming Democrats for immigrant families being split up at the border, but his own chief of staff says it's a tough deterrent. Our panel weighs in next. His father was a veteran who served as a frog... If you cross the border unlawfully, then we will prosecute you. It's that simple. If you smuggle illegal aliens across our border, then we will prosecute you. If you are smuggling a child, then we will prosecute you. And that child may be separated from you as required by law. Welcome back, and we're here with our panel. That was Attorney General Jeff Sessions announcing the new policy of the Trump administration to separate families uh, caught crossing the border. And this is that happened as reports emerged this week of migrant parents being unable to find uh, their children, some of their children uh, who have been separated because the parents were taken to be prosecuted. Fifteen hundred of the children were separated from their parents. Patty Solis Doyle, what do you think is going on here? Well, it's a tragedy, number one, and it is unspeakably cruel. You know, these parents are coming with their children because they're uh, trying to escape some horror that they're facing in their own country. They're coming to save their kids. They're met with criminal prosecution. Their children are being torn away. And now we're finding that our government has lost these children. Where are the kids? Um, as a mom, I am... I mean, I just can't think about a child, a four-year-old in a different country with strangers, and now 
uh, vulnerable to human trafficking, vulnerable to abuse, and there is nothing that these parents can do. So I think that the president should use every resource at his disposal to find these kids and make sure that they're safe and tell us that they're safe. Is this an unintended, unintended consequence no, of tough No, I don't think it is. I think this is a policy? process that's been going on a long time. What, what happens is these children come into detention. There is a vetting process of who these children are assigned to. It's not just 1,400 children. It's a much larger group of kids. And they are, they are assigned to sponsors in this country who, who, who go through a process to be able to qualify to be sponsors. These, these children are placed in them. And what happened is there were, again, thousands more than the 1,500 you're talking about, that they follow up with a lot of these. They, they follow up to find out where these children are, how they're doing. And what they found is that 1,500 of them, somehow, these sponsors and the kids sort of are off the radar. They haven't checked in. They haven't been able to find them. Now, the, the reality is a lot of these sponsors are, in, in many cases, <clears throat> have, uh, you know, they've been checked out, but they may have other reasons for not, uh, for not communicating or, 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 or dropping off the system. So this isn't, a, this isn't, you know, well, we've lost these kids. No, they were placed in vetted homes. Uh, and for some reason or another, these parents are not, are not, if they're I mean, not lost, are not what are they? Where are they if they're not lost? The, the, the question is, they haven't had communication with the, these, these previously vetted sponsors. Uh, does that mean that they are lost? No, that means that there is a process that's going on right now to try to find why these, why these sponsors haven't checked back in to, 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 uh, to give us our location. But the idea that 100 percent of these sponsors are going to check in, of course, that's never going to be the case. There's always going to be problem. People move. They don't feel, oh, you know, we don't have to check in anymore. You know, we've, we've gone someplace else. So the idea that they're, quote, lost, I think, is an overestimate, uh, is, is, a, is hyperbole to try to, to try to create an issue. Well, I don't really think there is one other than the fact that the bureaucracy, if surprise, you don't surprise, think doesn't work that very 1,500 well. children being lost is not an issue, then there's, there's something I don't definitely think, I, wrong. I think the idea that they're lost, they are placed with families that have been previously And the government vetted. has said they have lost track of them. That's another word for lost. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't mean that these kids are out. That, that, there are logical explanations. And I, again, we're talking about a government system, and we all know, Bill and I will sit here forever and tell you how in, in, inadequate a lot of these government agencies are at doing a lot of things. I mean, we, we lose people all the time in a lot of other government let me, programs. Let, let, me, let me just bring in some, some, it's not just Democrats who are saying this. Conservatives also have been outspoken about being upset about this. Eric Erickson, who's a conservative writer, he said something quite graphic, but he said, pro-lifers... If you're upset about ripping a child out of his mother's womb, please be upset about ripping a child out of his mother's arms at the border. Responding to illegal acts with evil acts is not the way of a moral people. Amen. Look, I mean, this was an explicit policy decision by the president. We have, in fact, reporting that the president pushed the secretary of, uh, of Homeland Security to implement this mm -hmm. policy. And Attorney General Sessions was for this, too, as a deterrent to mothers or families bringing young children across the border. So that's a policy decision by the president. Uh, I don't think it's to, I wouldn't defend it, but he made that decision. Uh, the issue is less the, so that there's that. Then there's the question of these kids who uh, the Department of uh, DHS has lost track of. But I think, yes, I mean, so Rick gave it the most reasonable sort of semi-defense of the situation, which is more than the administration has done. 
And if, if this happened in any normal administration, the president would put out a statement saying, we don't know, quite know what's happened here. We're looking into it as fast as we can. I've ordered the Secretary of Homeland Security mm -hmm. to give me a report by Monday morning. The Secretary of Homeland Security will be on television saying, we care a lot about these kids. We want to make sure this is okay. Congress would be having hearings and deciding whether to pass legislation. But what's most striking, we'll see if Congress does something when they get back. I think they should. But what's striking is the president doesn't mind the story, I think, actually, right. because it makes him yeah. look tough on That's immigration. Right. There's no pushback. Rick pushback, but there's no pushback from the administration on these very disturbing Other than yeah. stories. He's also, and, and can I just tell you, he's also, he and his uh, colleagues are also slamming Democrats, uh, saying that this started out as a Democratic policy. We've done a fact check. That's not exactly True, but that is certainly it's the the it's, it's right. Thank you. It's more bipartisan. But it's this is stunningly immoral and cruel. So whoever started it, this president and this administration has the power to stop it. And to Bill's point about this president going the extra step through policy and the fact that we're having that that some, particularly him, has a cavalier attitude. I want all of us to put ourselves in the place of those mothers or those fathers or as Patty was, we're both mothers. I mean, I can't even dream of a situation where my son would be torn uh, from my arm. With all due respect, these way. parents but, are putting their children in peril still, by, I mean, by, text, by putting them they're, and, and they're coming trying across to the border. Peril. But they're they trying may to or may not. Peril. You don't know their situation. Text some may be. Some some it may just be an economic issue. There may be all sorts of but reasons Senator, people to come To me, here. that's not the point anymore. It is the moral. No, the point is that. It is the point because you want to discourage that behavior. The point is that we have children's lives at stake here. But the parents are putting their children's lives. That, that, Let's get to the, the bottom point, line. No, the here, point is the that parents no, are putting the these children in America danger has by doing a what they're doing. Moral obligation right. to those kids yeah. that are that is larger the moral than what the parent the may have done. The moral obligation is to deter that type of activity. That, and the children be damned. The children not be damned. You can the parents have to take responsibility for their children. We're going to use the children as a pawn. At some point, parents have to take responsibility. Well, I just say, one can believe That's that some of these list. parents some of these parents may be behaving irresponsibly one can also believe that as a matter of policy it is unwise and cruel yes. to take their kids away from them and there are other ways you can punish. we take That's kids right. away from parents Absolutely. who do illegal acts all the time and we put parents in jail we don't lose we're not yeah, losing we don't lose. exactly we don't lose. right well, I, I what's the excuse for losing these children you, Patty, that some millions, of, these parents that millions of kids asylum. over the course of this oh country whose parents have been put in jail have been quote lost in the system and you know that to be we true. can't justify this i think i it cannot be justified. And this president is going the extra mile there, to push this narrative. Should there be, I wish you had the outrage for parents no. who were jailed as much as oh you have God. outrage for what's going on here. Kamala Harris and others have outrage I for. I have I outrage about a whole bunch of stuff. So if we want to go down that line, we can. Okay. Kamala Harris is calling for members of the administration to come up and testify about this. Is there any doubt in any of your minds that that's going to happen? It should happen. And Congress has, in this, as in so many other instances, has power. You know, Congress can say this should not be the policy. This policy is now prohibited. Right. Little kids should be kept with their parents. They can be disciplined together. They can be held together right. in a detention facility if that's the right thing to do while their claims of asylum or their claims of refugee status or their claims to be able to immigrate mm -hmm. are adjudicated. These are this is what Congress is supposed to do. And it's another case where I mean, I'd be very curious to see when they get back. And if I were a Democrat in Congress in particular, but a Republican this, who agreed with this, I would insist on absolutely. action fast, not a hearing. Yeah. I mean, why don't they just change the policy? It's not that hard. All right, everybody. Right. Thank you for that incredibly lively discussion. It is a very tough issue. Um, but I think we all agree that the kids are the most important thing, yes. whatever the policy is. Thank you so much.
And up next is Kim Jong-un learning the art of the deal from the president himself. Well, that's the subject of this week's State of the Cartoonia. Maybe the president should recognize the North Korean leader's negotiating tricks. After all, he wrote the book. And that's the subject of Jake Tapper's State of the Cartoonian. It's back to school for Kim Jong-un. Amidst all this back and forth about the summit that may or may not be, we do know that the North Korean leader is trying to figure out President Trump. The class? Donald Trump 101. And the primary textbook? Written by the president himself. I wrote The Art of the Deal. What up? The all-time best-selling books about deals and deal-makers. But how to go up against the brash billionaire? Lesson one? threatened to leave before the negotiations have even begun. If you can't say you're going to walk, you can't make a good deal, okay? It's called the art of the deal, right? The North Koreans are reportedly studying up on that tell-all White House book, Fire and Fury. Fire and Fury, like the world has never seen. But why stop at memorizing Trump's deal-making tips? The North Koreans are hungry for any advantage, maybe even studying the president's choice of fuel. The Big Macs are great, the quarter pounder with cheese. As Kim Jong-un prepares to sit down at the negotiating table, he also might want to practice his golf swing in case talks move to the links. Even as we played golf, all we did was talk about different things. Most importantly, of course, studying up on the president's one-time hit show, The Apprentice, all 14 seasons. The Apprentice was such a tremendous success. You're fired. One test both leaders have already passed. They know how to put on a show. I do get good ratings. Are the president's policies helping or hurting Americans' image abroad? Fareed Zakaria has this next. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 